Fellas, 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 good morning. How's everybody doing? How are y'all doing? Happy Tuesday. Fellas, we're talking NFC West Dark Horses today. I hope everybody had a great Monday. I hope everybody has a great Tuesday. Fellas, we got some big names to talk about today. We dropped the pod six days in a row. I missed yesterday. I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm, I will do better, fellas. I'll do better. I'm trying to put an episode out every single day. It's just, it's difficult, man. And and I'm not going to make excuses. I'm going to drop episodes every day. I'm going to keep it up 5 a.m. every single day. And we're getting close, man. We're getting to the end of July. We got training camp coming up really, really soon. I can't wait. I'm I'm get I'm starting to finally get excited for the season. I really like these fast-paced episodes, fellas. We're kicking it off with the Seattle Seahawks. We're talking DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf had a tale of two seasons, but there's more to it, okay? You know why? It's because Russell Wilson also had a tale of two different seasons. I love DK Metcalf. He's a beast. He's proven everyone wrong. Good ass rookie year, 900 yards. Incredible sophomore season, 1300 plus yards. And I love that he took that big leap forward this year. But it's interesting. It's not like DK disappeared and he was bad at the end of the year. It was Russ being bad too. That is, I would say, 75% of the reason why his numbers took a dip at the end of the year, okay? Miss me with that DK slander, okay? I don't I don't want to hear any DK Metcalf slander. He, he, he It was his sophomore season. He had a few bad games to end the year. It happens, dude. It happens, right? It was his sophomore season. What did Deontay do his sophomore year? Deontay's a stud, by the way, but Deontay did nothing even close to what DK Metcalf just did. Look at Terry. Terry had a great sophomore year, but it wasn't even close to what DK did. I don't look at DK Metcalf as a top five five wide receiver because he's not, but top 10, yeah, that's a different story. He is a top 10 wide receiver, and he's going to be again in fantasy next season. He was receiver seven this past season. Hear me out, hear me out. This is what he started the year out off at. Ready? 95 yards week one, 92, 110, 106, 93. He was on pace for over 1,600 yards uh, heading into week 17. And then he had a bad week, 23 yards, 161, 108. He had four touchdowns the first four weeks. He uh, he only had two touchdowns from week 11 on, for, for the re- or week 10 on, rather. He only had two touchdowns, right? And again, Russell Wilson was so unbelievably hot to start the year, and he fizzled out, right? And this is complete, complete correlation to why DK Metcalf's numbers tailed off. Fellas, this is the year that Russ has truly found his guy, okay? Ever since, like, Baldwin was gone, Russ, had, he didn't have a guy. Russ did not have that dominant alpha number one wide receiver, and he finally, this year, realized that DK was his guy, okay? 6'4", 230 pounds. 23 years old, heading into year three, DK Metcalf, as a, as a rookie, he was receiver 34, which is very promising, 100 targets, 58 catches, 900 yards, and then this this past year that just happened, the most recent year, he had 129 targets, so he had 29 more targets, took, this, took that big leap forward, he had 25 more receptions, and 400 more yards, okay, and that is why he finished as receiver 10 on the year, uh, receiver 7 on the year, sorry. He had 10 touchdowns. That was the number that I was looking at. 10 touchdowns for DK Metcalf, wide receiver 7, heading into his junior season. Russell Wilson is probably going to play very good football like he always does. I get I get Russ fizzles out at the end of the year. Dude, it happens. He's a human being. He's going to have good weeks and bad weeks. But but relax, pump the brakes. Don't don't get nervous, okay? He is he is the dominant alpha on the Seahawks. He's going to be a top 10 receiver next year. He is a lot better. He is at least one full tier. 
better than Tyler Lockett. Dude, you think DK Metcalf tailed off, tailed off at the end of the year? <laughs> Dude, what did uh, Tyler Lockett do? He was a ghost from weeks 12 on. So weeks 12 through 17, Tyler Lockett had one game where he had 12 plus fantasy points. That's when you need him the most. And what did he do? He just shit the bed every single game. Lockett's about to be 29 years old. Look, this isn't a Lockett slander. Lockett's actually like a pretty decent player, but but I'm just saying DK Metcalf is the true alpha there. Fellas, Russ has found his guy, and that pumps me up. I'm so I'm so excited to watch them play next year. I put up a sick video of uh, DK Metcalf. I found one on YouTube, man. It was a highlight video. I just DK is a fun player to talk about. He's fun to watch. He's exciting. He's he's massive, and he's paired up with a great quarterback. You know, they, look, man. The sky is a limit for this kid, and, and he just broke out. I hope Deontay has a breakout season like that next year. That's what I pray. I hope he has a similar season, right? That's exactly the type of leap that you wanted to see DK have, and and he had it going from 900 yards to 1,300, going from 58 receptions to 83. Dude, it's all there. Seven touchdowns improved to 10, right? And, and next season, I think he can put up stats very similar. And the best part of it all... He's awesome in Dynasty and in Redraft, man. Russ isn't going anywhere. Miss me with that. Russ is not going anywhere. DK is not going anywhere. Do yourself a favor. Draft DK Metcalf. Thank me later. Low-key, he had more yards than Tyree Kill. That's kind of crazy. Ty Hill just had him beaten touchdown, so... Fellas, do me a favor. Draft DK Metcalf next year. He's going to help you. He's a, t- he's a type of player that's going to move the needle. Next up, Cam Akers, Los Angeles Rams. Year two running back, one of the most polarizing players, one of the most exciting players to draft next season. Dude, the spotlight is going to be on Cam Akers from day one to the end of the year. Like, everybody is going to put him under a microscope, and every single run, every touch he gets next year, every time he sneezes, anything Cam Akers does is going to be talked about next year. I've talked about Cam Akers a lot on the pod, man. This is one of the players I'm not head over heels for in redraft. In Dynasty, I love him. How can you not like Cam Akers in Dynasty? And if you're not crazy about Cam Akers and Dynasty, I'm going to change out really quick in the next few minutes. Cam Akers, 22 years old. Check. 5'11". Check. Good good height, man. Good height. I like, I like the bigger running backs. 212 pounds. Check. Heading into year two. He's got youth. Check. College production. Check. Beast at FSU. Uh, draft cap. Check. He was a day two pick. Round two. Los Angeles Rams. Final quarter of the season, the final four games that Cam Akers played, he had 60% snap percentage or higher in, in all of those games, right? And the reason, like, 60% is a pretty solid number, right? But but I want it to be, like, 65 to 70 next year every game at, at minimum. But the reason I bring that number up is because prior to that, he hadn't had a single game over 35% until week 13, okay? And weeks 13, 14, 15, and 17... He had 60% or higher snap percentage. He didn't play one of those weeks. Week 16 against Seattle, he was hurt. All right, fellas, wake up. The Rams are very, very transparent. They're they're letting everyone know what they want to do this year with their run game, okay? I'll tell you what, the only thing that you can argue that Cam Akers hasn't done yet is he hasn't proven it on the field for you know for a full season. He's done it in a small sample size, and that's great, but... But that's the only thing you can ha- possibly say against Cam Akers is the fact that he hasn't done it yet, right? And and here we go, fellas. Year two, it's it's wheels up for Cam Akers. It's it's absolutely wheels up. Wake up. This is his year. And you know why it's his year? Because the volume's going to be there, the targets, receptions, rushing attempts, yada, 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 better quarterback, better offensive line, which is super, 
super vital. I got to be honest, though. I don't expect Cam Akers to be a top 10 back this year, but I do expect him to kick some ass. If I had to give a stat prediction over 17 games, you know what, fellas? I'll hit you with it right now. I'm going to say 1,200 rushing yards. I'm going to say 350 to 400 receiving yards. I think it's going to be close to a 1,600-yard season for Cam Akers. I expect him to have 10 total touchdowns, maybe more. You know what? No, 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 man. I'll give him 12. I'll give Cam Akers 12 touchdowns. In 17 games, he can absolutely do it. And I think he can catch 30 balls, right? And 30 isn't a good number, but I don't think that that's necessarily going to be his bread and butter. You know what? Let's Dude, let's bump it up to 35. Who am I kidding? Cam Akers, 35 receptions in 2021. And I'm, I'm just being realistic. I'm not trying to hit you guys with like, oh, he's going to have a 2,000-yard type Saquon rookie year. Like, like that's not going to happen. Cam Akers is still going to be good. He may disappoint consensus just a tad because consensus is just very, very out of the loop, out of touch. Like, they're, they're, they're too high on some players, and I'm here to tell you why they're wrong. Give me Cam Akers over J.K. Dobbins any day of the week. Give me Akers over CEH any day of the week. Honestly, give me Akers over Montgomery for... Oh, dude, that's close. That that's really really close. Cause cause I'm high on Monty, man. Um, give me give me Acres over Josh Jacobs. Give me Acres over Miles Sanders, Travis Etienne, Miles Gaskin, Chris Carson. Give me Acres over all of those guys, fellas. We're moving on. Acres is a good ass player. Draft Cam Acres this year, fellas. Next up, Trey Sermon, San Francisco 49ers. Bright new shiny toy, fellas. You ready? I'm gonna try and sell you guys on Trey Sermon right now. Here we go. Day two draft cap, check. Raheem Mostert, he's old as dirt, and he's in this final year of his contract, and he's never been very good. Be honest with yourself. Raheem Mostert's never been that good. Trey Sermon has great size. He's six foot, 215 pounds. The, the 49ers have a very good offensive line. Top 10, in fact. They were, they were ninth last season, and ideal landing spot, in my opinion. There's no one ready. I'm going to break down the San Francisco 49ers running back depth chart. Here we go. Jamichael Hasty. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you want to say about Jamichael Hasty, go ahead. Uh Jeffrey Wilson, Jeff Wilson Jr., who's out for what, six months. And then you got Wayne Gallman, who's about as irrelevant as it gets. He was relevant with the Giants because of, you know, he was the next man up after Saquon. Now Wayne Gallman's buried and he's worthless. That leaves one man to beat. That's a very old Raheem Moser, who's twenty nine years old. And he's in the final year of his contract, fellas. Raheem Mostert has never hit 800 rushing yards in a single season. He is... You ready? Raheem Mostert had about 30 more rushing yards in his entire career than Dalvin Cook had last year. He had about 400... Derrick Henry has about 400 more rushing yards last year than Raheem Mostert does in his entire career. Mostert has just under 1,600 yards. He's been in the league for a long-ass time. Yeah, he first entered the league back in 2015. Okay, fellas, come on. Forget it, Raheem Mostert. Great story, great guy, not a great player. Far from a great player, I should say. And here's another pro for Trey Sermon is Mostert, who's the only man to beat, the only player to beat. Mostert has never caught more than 16 passes in a single season. Okay, that's nothing, dude. That's even less than Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry... I think he caught 19 balls last year. Derrick Henry catches nothing. And Mozart can't even match those numbers. So that's a very big role that could be handed, could be literally handed on a golden platter, silver platter, whatever type of platter you want. It could be handed to Trey Sermon. Who knows, man? What if Trey Sermon is just 
or like he, he receives a ton of dump off passes. Let's say he catches 40 balls this year. That wouldn't blow my mind. Trey Sermon's a good player. Coming from a big school, Ohio State, he was he was their number one back. I wish I had a second round pick in my dynasty like league this year. I wish I did, man, because I would have probably drafted Trey Sermon. I expect Sermon to be a very late second, uh, a very late RB two, I should say, this year, man. I have him like right around RB twenty four to twenty six range. My rankings have been fluctuating, but I'm telling you, man, if, if Sermon takes over early, he's not giving that rollback. So San Francisco, you have two options. Are you going to start the kid that's 22 years old and you just use day two draft cap, second round? Or are you going to use the player who has never done much at all for you? He's 29 and he's in the final year of his contract. You tell me. I'll, I'll let the audience, I'll let the listeners figure that one out, okay? Because I, I know what I think. And I say it all the time. I tweet it. I talk about it on the pod. Trey Sermon is so much better than Michael Carter. Better profile, better analytics. Better draft cap, better landing spot. I like Trey Sermon, fellas. I don't know if that's clear, but I like Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon's a big fucking dog, fellas. We're moving on, dude. Six one two fifteen. I, f- dude, I love, I love the big running backs. I love it, fellas, fellas. Last player we're talking about today, and then we're getting the hell out of here. Rondell Moore, Arizona Cardinals wide receiver. Here we go. We got a super, super polarizing player. Rondell Moore, five seven, five eight, whatever the hell you want to call him. He's short as fuck. Rondell Moore, 180 pounds. This man is this man is stronger than you. This man is stronger than every single listener on the pod. This man is this man is a beast. All right, 21 years old, second round pick, 49th overall. Arizona Cardinals said, "Hey, we like this kid. We want to upgrade at wide receiver. Guess what? So we're gonna draft him." And that's exactly what they did. Kid broke out as a true freshman at Purdue, right? Big Ten Conference. Played 13 games at 114 reception. That's just such an outrageous number. 114 catches, 1,258 yards, and 12 touchdowns. I mean, I love this pro day, man. He had a, he ran a 4.37, which is 96 percentile. That's ridiculous. That is stupid. It's technically like a 4.32 because I think it was all like COVID bullshit or whatever it was. Like the time was just was just slightly inaccurate. I forget how to exactly describe it, but they would add. 0.05 seconds to your time. Anyway, his burst score 96 percentile. His agility score 94th percentile. His catch radius is 73rd percentile. That is what's super impressive to me considering his height. But the two biggies, the two biggies, the big indicators is his breakout age, which was 99 percentile, right? 18.2. Stupid. Just unheard of. And the other biggie is the college target share, which was 31.4 percent, right? So that's 93 93rd percentile, which was disgusting. And, and I want to Look, a lot of people don't understand exactly what I just said, so I'm going to break it down a little bit easier to understand. College target share. So think about if a quarterback throws for X amount of yards. Wait, how about this? A quarterback throws for 4,500 yards in a season. Let's just put out that number. Nice, solid, nice round number, 4,500. 31% of that would be 1,400 yards, okay? So, so does that give you a better understanding of how dominant he was? And the disgusting part is this kid did that at 18 years old. At Purdue. I mean, 18 years old. This kid probably didn't have his license, couldn't drink a beer, couldn't, probably wearing diapers. Dude, 18 years old. There's a reason that that's 99, 99th percentile, okay? Those are the two biggest reasons as to why this kid was drafted so high, right? Second round. It, it, the two big, the two biggies is his college, college target share, and the other is the breakout age. Next is, I, I've seen like comps is T.Y. Hilton. I get it, like height, weight, I, I get it, I get it, but 
Something something else we should really talk about just before we get out of here, fellas. I want to talk about his fantasy value this year and in Dynasty and the Cardinals receiving core. The Cardinals receiving core is pretty bad, right? You have Hopkins, who's who's incredible. But after that, I think it's pretty bad. You know, you have, a, you have an older A.J. Green who's probably not going to do a whole lot of damage. He's going to be annoying, right? He's going to get a lot of... He, he's not going to get a lot of receptions necessarily, but, like, he's going to get just enough to piss you off. Uh, Christian Kirk, I think Christian Kirk at this point, I like the player. I think he's dead in the water for fantasy purposes. He could turn out to be an okay NFL player, but I just think you can kiss him goodbye in Dynasty. Let's be honest. Are you going to start or draft Christian Kirk and feel good about it? No, not at all. Not at all, man. And that's really about it. They have Andy Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson. Those are, they're completely irrelevant. So, so let's, let's kind of throw Christian Kirk on that list, man. Cause Christian Kirk and AJ Green, those are like... Those are the only two players to beat, right? Because he's not going to beat DeAndre Hopkins. It's it's just Rondell Moore is not going to beat out DeAndre Hopkins this year unless there's an injury. There's there's no way. And so his he's got to focus on beating A.J. Green and Christian Kirk. He has the college production. He had the target share. He has the draft cap. He does not have the size. This is a player that I like more in Dynasty than I do in Redraft. In Redraft, I do not expect him to do much, man. I, I don't even think he hits 600 yards. I don't know. 600 sounds kind of steep for him this year, just considering the situation. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I'd be very surprised if he hit 750. 600 is probably realistic, considering there's 17 games. But 750 plus yards. It's, I don't. I don't think that the targets are going to be there. And, and I pray he's not utilized as like a gadget type of player where where they feed him on kick returns and punt returns and jet sweeps. I, I don't want that type of role because. When players are when wide receivers are utilized in that type of role, more often than not, they do they do not turn out to be very good fantasy wide receivers, right? Because the team has a unique a unique type of way that they want to utilize certain players and certain roles, and more often than not, these gadget players do not succeed for fantasy purposes. All in all, this kid's electric. This kid's exciting, and I like the landing spot, and I hope he does well. I really do. I will probably not draft him in any redraft league. I don't. I don't have any shares of him in Dynasty. Uh, I'm not like itching to get one either. Right? He's just one of the more exciting, one of the more polarizing players from this draft. Fellas, it's 7 p.m. Monday. You guys are gonna hear this tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning. I'm getting out of here, man. Just before, but just before we do, fellas, I sold my Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne jerseys that I grew up with, and it kind of killed me. It kind of just ate me alive it was tough but they didn't fit anymore man they were like mediums or, or smalls or medium i don't know i had them when i was like 10 or 11 15 years ago dude i'm, I'm old now i'm 25 fellas tomorrow we're talking nfc south that's the final division for the dark horse podcast segments and then we're talking about some other new stuff we might do year we might do uh just what you guys want to hear about like i said shoot me a dm and i am more than happy to talk about it if you want to hear about a player or, or a segment tell me I will talk about it, fellas. All right? This is Fade Consensus Podcast. My name is Austin Abbott. I love all y'all for listening. I love all of y'all. I love you guys. I'll see y'all. Peace. Peace.